0: Welcome to the Food Coma Podcast, Episode 15. Uh, tonight we are fortunate enough to welcome Pete Bissell, co-founder of Bissell Brothers Brewing uh, in both Portland and Milo, Maine, uh, his hometown. Uh, also, uh, co-owner of the High Roller Lobster Co. in Portland. If you remember an uh, earlier episode, I believe eight, we had Andy Gary, uh, one of the other owners, on as well to talk about uh, some food TV and also find out what happens when. Uh, you try to compare notes with somebody who's a lot younger than you uh, <laughs> about things that you're intimately, um, you know, acquainted with. So thank you, Pete, for being here. Thank you for having me. It's a it's an honor. Yeah, well, it's I'm glad you made the trip out. You started in 2013, 14. Was 14 was when it kind December,
1: of December. The Abyssal uh, Brothers went live in terms of actually selling beer to bars and restaurants in December. December 7th, 2013. So yeah, yep. technically 2013, but really you can say 2014 yep. was when we, we we opened up. And I think
0: that like most people at this point, I mean, are very aware, very acquainted with, with the brand. But I guess so I guess what I'm more interested in is how did the Milo location kind of come to fruition i mean that's pretty cool like opening in your hometown which is about four
1: hours from here three hours uh it's uh if doorstep to doorstep it's about two hours and 15 minutes okay, two hours 50. Yeah.
0: okay so not as far as
1: yeah but it's it's a different world yeah. you know you're, you're talking about south piscataquis county it's one of the poorest areas in the state which makes it then one of the poorest areas in the country um that's one way to look at it you know we we look at it as our hometown and mm-hmm. when we first started talking about it it was because we knew that we were going to double our brew house capacity so in beer you know we won't get into we'll we'll get as a um industry specific jargon as you want to go but i mean you could do whatever you're um (laughs) you know you're you're limited by both the capacity of your fermentation vessels as well as the capacity of your brew house so we had a 10 barrel brew house we knew not right then, and this this is like mid 2015 that yeah. we began discussing conceptualizing this. this. We knew that we were going to move to Thompson's Point and double the size of the brew house, and we had begun. You know, there was a lot to do with that, but we had also begun thinking like, well, what are we going to do with the system? We can't our our current system, our ten barrel, and we both came up. We we came together like it w- it was kind of like a scene out of a movie. Like I got something to talk to you about. <laughs> in unison it's about our 10 barrel brew house i'm thinking about milo and awesome. wait pinch poke you <laughs> me a coke what at face value it's a ridiculous decision you know we could have done the brewer that we have up there here in yarmouth yep. buxton right. you know a half an hour drive from headquarters as opposed to a two-hour drive but it was it was about doing something that could not be replicated yeah. it was about uh doing something that we felt in our gut would be great, but that on paper was just like, wow, what are they? You know, so much in beer or in any business is differentiation now. There's a million entries in every category. There's a million breweries. There's a million restaurants. How do you deliver something that cannot be replicated? And that's what we came up with. It it, it sounded crazy. It was a lot of work to pull off just with the, the travel, but there are so many positives of the process. You know, it was, It's just it was cheaper at face value to to build a brewery up there, uh, even though we built in an existing building and the connection, the ability, like like what we've gone through and reconnecting with our roots. Right. Delivering this insane experience, both to locals that are there every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and people that are going to travel there in the in the summer months, because there's a tourist community up there. It's not as visible as Southern Maine, but it's just different. different. People have from New York and Connecticut, they have ancestral camps on these lakes in our area that they're up there all the time. So it was uh, it was about really doing something that had not been done before and that we could really make our own while delivering this incredible experience to those who were willing to make the journey.
0: And I think it actually it's great because it kind of shows the conviction behind it. You know, it's not you knew that there was an easier, more profitable way. Yeah. But you're like, that's kind of goes back to why you started this company to begin with. You know, there's a lot of I mean I, I I went to use the word substance and that's the no, that was not intentional I yeah. just said that but oh, you there, wouldn't be the first yeah but there is there have there there been there. a few puns yeah. made over the years I, that was the worst I can't <laughs> believe I just I've already used a pun and we're like yeah. only five minutes in Um, because going back to we had spoken back in 2014 when I was writing or 15 when I was writing for a Dispatch oh, Magazine right. yeah. uh, short-lived but I enjoyed it
1: yeah uh, I enjoyed the spread in the you, local magazine you, you know?
0: yeah. well <laughs> I was awesome. like Pete you can do all the graphic is that you can do the whole layout yourself yeah. cuz i want your aesthetic but the whole point was i was like you know i had been working in a restaurant called Miyaki Diner in Portland and these cans of this substance long ipa live
1: Miyaki Diner long, long short, short and live. sweet amazing really <laughs> it's it,
0: it wasn't here long enough to exactly it's like you might yeah. as well quit while you're
1: ahead yeah,
0: <laughs> so, if we were still ahead i don't know i was not sober a lot there <laughs> uh um so these these cans show up of the substance ipa mm. and i remember you know not being an IPA drinker, but just being really curious, because you like caught, you piqued my interest. Like I'd already kind of made a decision about what kind of beers I liked, mm-hmm. but I was like, I'm going to try one of these. Cause it's like blue and silver and shiny. And I'm like, I like this. I, I want to have this near me. Mm-hmm. And I remember like one, I, I took a couple home and I had them in my fridge just to look at them. Uh, <laughs> Cause I enjoyed how they look. And it's like, I think that so much of this company. Um, I mean, there's the beer, but you know, there's a lot of great beer, uh, that's out there, Mm. um, and it's all very different, and I think... Uh, a large or or a larger portion than most breweries for you is is the marketing and the in the sort of the aesthetic of Mm -hmm. the whole thing and i was i was saying you know like i don't don't follow or play hockey but i want a hockey jersey yeah
1: like you have a (laughs) hockey
0: team now i mean that's kind of like that's got to feel good right like did you ever think
1: you'd have your own hockey team it with that you know it was um um as i got older i really kind of made the decision that i was never gonna I was never going to put fitness and staying active and staying flexible and mobile on the back burner. Yep. I was going to, I think it was Tim Ferriss. That, that was like, you know, everyone has the time to devote to these things, even really busy people. It's about mm-hmm. deciding what's a priority and fitness and health is one of those things that we always just kind of, it's easy to push. So I was like, well, no, I'm going to, I'm going to, I, I want to play and I want to build this. And like I was saying earlier, you know, it's a, uh, with stuff like that why why half asset let's yeah. let's let's do something I was and gonna wait until it helps the team you know congeal into an actual yeah. team and it's I mean it's just a bunch of dads having fun but it's it's we're a team we've been playing it, for four years you, you guys know? look great you know it looks, and it's funny
0: you actually you bring that up because I was gonna get into it later but you're kind of leading into it now uh you had um sort of posted a while ago about uh in both of us having been in the alcohol business mm. uh for extended periods of time but you posted a uh, you did a post about balance and about you know like there's so many things in this business that are so great you get to go to all these dinners you have basically all the alcohol you can drink at any time you know you get to go travel all these places but you know if you don't balance that out which is what i found out <laughs> it's like if you don't balance i mean i try I try to balance here and there but yeah. uh You know, it's going to you're a you're going to start taking it for granted, I think, which is almost is one of the worst things when you're like not really appreciating when you've always got nine ridiculous bottles of wine open. You don't appreciate those. And so you're not working in the wine business anymore. and You have to buy wine like a regular person, (laughs) you know, uh, just the privilege of being able to have that. But also just, you know, it doesn't if your body is destroyed, like no matter how good things are, like they don't feel or taste as good. If you're, in, if you're sick and in rough shape.
1: And if you're always, if it's, you're always around it, if you always have access to the creme de la creme, whether it's wine or, yeah. or beer or, uh, of any type, it's, it's, it's an unsustainable thing, yeah. you know? And, uh, we got into, we found ourselves at these places in life, right? Out of love of these products in the experience and the um, the ambiance and the and and the food and the destination—all these things are all very noble things. But then, when you when you achieve any sort of momentum or success, they become instantly available. Yeah. And and that self control and that balance is important so that you can continue to enjoy these things yeah. uh, as the years go on. You know, I I try to s- like sum it up in that I would never life is not worth living without these things right but life isn't like life isn't to be taken granted you can't just have these things all the time
0: no and they're not as fun when you weigh 400 pounds yeah you know yeah. You're like this is just you want to be able to still You like you don't want to trade things that you you enjoy doing physically or whatever for these things you want to yeah. be able to have both and it's
1: not even about like a men's league hockey team it's right. just about I, i've noticed i'm 36 now like yeah. It's just a mobility thing, yeah, you know. Like you're worse, not as flexible but, as you yeah. were when you were 25. You know, you, you know, it's easier to, to hurt your back or your yeah. knee, and and uh, I, I'm feeling it. And I don't. I, I want to make, you know, I, I I got a lot of living left to do, so yeah. uh um it's that kind of those twinges of mortality where it's like, okay, I need to carry this water jug around and yep. just drink water all day, every day, because hydration is important. It's Absolutely. like these these totally unsexy things that you would I never dream of saying ten years prior. Sexy. Water is very and, uh, sexy, <laughs> and that doesn't mean I feel bad for people that end up having to abstain from. All right, I'm never going to have a carbohydrate again, or I'm never going to have. or you with alcohol? Booze. Seriously, or yeah. it's like, man, it's too bad, and yeah. I'm not. Um, you know, I'm not trying to trigger anyone. Obviously, recovery no, no, is a very real thing, but yeah. Um, and for some people, yeah, the only sustainable answer is zero. But right. for the rest of us, you want to be able to enjoy these things while also like living a healthy, good life for a long time. I'm not. Uh, I'm not uh, planning to like, you know, put the plug in the jug anytime soon, but I'm not really drinking right now. Yeah, You know, Uh, um, I I drank at an event uh, over the weekend in Providence on Friday. But well,
0: the fact that you can even single it out, because when you're drinking, when you're drinking, drinking, it all just becomes (laughs) I've been drinking for two weeks. It doesn't. It's not like I drank at an event. Yeah. It's like I've just been drinking (laughs) for two weeks. And uh, that means, you know, sometimes from morning to night, sometimes not. Um, Are there any particular methods you I know you'd mentioned uh, some intermittent fasting um, working out? I mean, there any particular things you favor? Um,
1: It's funny, too. Like, as you get older, I feel like you find out what works for you. And for me, it's funny. I I go to the gym. I I lift, but not with any particular program. I stretch a lot. that's the thing i feel like you can stay
0: as flexible as 25 it just takes a little more work and you have to have that mind over it's a mental thing if you start believing that you're getting old yeah that's that's what they say i don't i don't follow
1: that right (laughs) but i know it and then with um with with eating stuff uh i intermittent fasting has been a big part of my life for years and it's not but i don't build it into my identity it's just how i eat do I we? My family usually does a big breakfast every Sunday morning. Yeah. So it's not a twenty. You know, it's not twenty four seven, three sixty five, day in day out. Like today, I don't think I ate. I I feel better today. Yes. I didn't eat until about three or so, and I didn't think anything of it. So it's not no. part of my identity. But I do when when people want to listen, I do talk a lot about IF because it has I, I I've lost. You know, I've 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 not had the weight on for a couple of years now. But I was, you know, two twenty-five and I'm about one ninety-five. Yeah. I mean, provided now, you aren't binge eating. And that was because I, mean, I got into the alcohol industry. Yeah. And it was super stressful to raise a brewery up. And, you know, there was like four of us, me, and my brother, and a few friends. Yeah. And it was mega stressful every day. So we were drinking our own product all day, every day. Yeah. <laughs> so that's where the weight came yeah. from.
0: So anyway, getting back to what I initially started talking about with um uh, sort of the, your your skills in marketing, uh, you would turn me on to a few authors, most notably uh, Robert Green. Oh, wow, yeah. Uh, who's the author yep. of The 48 Laws of Power. Yep. Oh, yeah. Uh,
1: um, I passed off, I believe, that book and some of his other works to You in a Vehicle, and I was on the sidewalk, and we that was a oh no no you held yeah, yeah, it up held him. Yeah, yeah 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 and i remember one time texting him being like i'm listening to
0: mastery really loud in my car I'm yes. like bumping it." yeah <laughs> like, yeah, yeah no mastery I'm, I'm so glad that you were able to get
1: yeah. um stuff out of that because he his writing has certainly changed my life and uh been a big part of this type of balance that we're talking about for sure yeah and i think it's it's one of those things when you know we'll talk about the, some of the finer points
0: of that uh, in a bit but you know as you become more successful there's like you just naturally accumulate people who want to criticize you mm-hmm. uh, because that's how it goes but he has an interesting quotes is you know when you show yourself to the world and display your talents you naturally stir all kinds of resentment envy and other manifestations of insecurity you cannot spend your life worrying about the petty feelings of others
1: that's good advice mm, yeah i um i'm sure you've been there uh you know you've put yourself out there a lot mm-hmm. over the years and i haven't even known you that long but i remember. Kind of my first introduction to you was the um food coma TV with yep. you and Alex Steed yeah, yeah, yeah. and Joel. Yeah. Uh just awesome. But so, you know, you obviously know what that feels like. Um, so are you familiar with the the, uh, the beer social media platform Untapped? Yes. It's a beer rating thing. I'm sure there's one for wine as well. well.
0: well but the, all, yeah, I, I'm familiar with untapped. But
1: yep. you know, we we got this open, right? And there was nothing like it in Maine at the time. You know, we had a line at the place like yeah. every day. It was overwhelming for us. Noah yeah. and I were not back there like gloating. We were terrified no. because yeah. we felt this growing responsibility. Right. We're from a very small, we had wonderful parents who supported us in every way, but you're, you're still not, even the the money we had to raise to get the, you know, this was a whole new world. So it was all, we knew we had something and we knew, we felt great about it from from in terms of our idea but when we executed and we saw it becoming a thing it was it was ter- terrifying you know because yeah. you we we not we didn't see Oh man, like, is, we're so smart. We're so, great. We're so cool. This so great. We thought, oh my God, we've kind of actually done it. Yeah. Shit. We have to, like, there's a responsibility that goes with this. There's people lining up outside of this garage bay every day in the freezing cold, like, fuck. Yeah. Um, Which is, it, I mean, that must have been insane. I mean, it was insane. It was insane. But untapped, you know, I would go on there a lot and sometimes engage with people, like, oh, oh this beer sucks. And I'd be uh, like, oh, yeah, you bad, suck. Actually, bad idea. you know, and, God, and um, um, idea. thinking back at that, you know, that was one of the first things where i recognized what robert green was talking about with that quote that you just read yeah it's very true as you ascend Mm -hmm. with with anything you're working on you you need to care less and less what other people think about you in the art of war he says that being attacked is a sign that you are important enough to be a target yes and i I, I believe that um and i also these people saying all the you know it's I, i don't know who you are you know you clearly know all about me and these products that my brother yeah. and I have worked. to They have to get. a lot more free time on their hands yeah. than
0: you do. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. And once you start with them, I think I've basically probably twice in my life gotten a thing. And this was like back. And I think I'm like my space. Mm-hmm. I think I learned my lesson. Yeah. I'm like, there are people out there with a lot of free time and they will yeah. keep things going. And they will also, I remember this one person was like going after like, like posting on my friend's walls about me and stuff. Like people have a lot of free time. Yeah. And that's when I was like, I'm not going to respond to anybody again. Even when people, if I, the, if I post something uh, and somebody says something negative, unless it's like a really stupid comment, I'll delete it. Yeah. But I just look at it more of as like a, thanks for stopping by. You know right? I'm like, right. I'm not going to, if I say I like it, it means I'm just, thanks for your, your An opinion. An interesting
1: and, thing that I've found with this too is that it, it eventually, when you get comfortable with kind of not caring and when you, you still see, jabs that people say and and uh, when i say you yes, see obviously our whole world has changed with social media you can oh say God. oh yeah this comment it wasn't someone's something someone said to my face someone showed me something that someone said about the brands or me personally online which doesn't happen that much anymore but no. if if lately I, I guess i'll say there's a not even with Bissell Brothers or me. If I see someone sort of attacking someone else online, there's an there's an empathy component now where it's like, man, you must be, right. you know, and right. and I, I feel for that. Person, could you imagine? Like, could, I couldn't imagine. Could you imagine drinking ever. a beer and being like, "Fuck this, <laughs> well, let me let yeah. this guy know." Like yeah. I would. Th- I can't. I can't. And no. uh, so there's there's some pain there that has nothing to do with. In Robert Greene's new book, which I'm sure we'll talk about at yes. some point. You know, that yeah. that's taught me a lot about that. Where. This isn't about me. If someone lashes out at Bissell Brothers in 2014, it's really not about, it's certainly not about me. It's anger that they have regardless. And I'm not going to solve that anger. I'm not anyone's therapist, but there's an empathy component now when I see that type of behavior where it's like, ah, man, I hope you, I hope you become less angry about things that have nothing to do with you. Yeah. You can just be like, the best part is I don't have to
0: be that guy. Yeah. 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 Uh, it, it just, it's in the beer, beer trolls are the worst.
1: Ah, oh, man. They're the There's, worst. Yeah. man. Like any industry. I think when they are
0: particularly you, bad though. When you live in like it, a new thing, they're like, Oh, people are listening to me now because yeah. beer is now a thing. Yeah. More than before, you know,
1: you spent, I'm sure you've, you've felt this in the restaurant industry and in the wine industry. Uh mm-hmm. you, you, we're drawn to it by what we love but there's and we I, there's things that i've always loved about the beer industry but there's yep. also a shadow side where it's like oh god this there's delusion and entitlement and posturing for intellectual su- superiority and it's just exhausting it's exhausting it, it is but that's that's true of you know, any we industry you yeah. can't, yeah. can't win yeah like in sports you can win. That's just it. These subjects are subjective. There they can t- be no winner. Completely completely. You subjective. can look at someone's rating on some of these websites. Right. But really, like, how happy are they? You know, <laughs> the way that we quantify things is so out of touch with reality. I feel like how I look at a company, it's like, what kind of lives are the principals living? You right. know, like I want to know about their, you know, how interesting is your life? What crazy things are you able to do because of this business that you've built? Yeah. How happy how happy are your employees? You know, right. what do you use the money that you make for both personally and to grow the business? Those are things that we never talk about that because it's impossible to quantify. Right. So we, okay, this this place posted good on tap ratings. Let's check it out. Or um, it's about as far as we can get with quantifying ranking but human yeah. beings love to fucking or in this industry anyway we love we must rank they love to rank and they like to read the bad rankings more than they like to read the good rankings yes. almost because they yeah. want to see
0: mm-hmm. who you know and that goes for food review and everything. that's because
1: it's how human beings behave it has very little to do with beer or the wine industry or the beer industry it's how we are the key is to negate your ego yeah (laughs) by suspending
0: the need to judge everything that crosses your path that's from mastery yes um i don't mean to hang on the robert green here but i think it's oh oh, i'll go all night yeah it's very i I, he's an author that uh i get yeah i definitely get caught up in i start i kind of sometimes i i I find myself taking him as gospel <laughs> yeah. a little bit. Will really you repeat that quote again? Yes, uh, you. Uh, he recognized that you negate your ego by suspending <laughs> the needs, suspending the need to judge everything that crosses your path. I guess when I hear that, I think of how the human being, the average human being, has what I think is between sixty thousand and seventy thousand thoughts per day. Mm-hmm. That's what I think the the figure is.
1: That's unbelievable. And you can think
0: of those thoughts as, as as a river, you know, that are just going mm-hmm. by. And it's like, for me, my OCD tendencies make me try to want to analyze every single one, you know, like flesh out every single thought in that, you know, and and the ego, I think the ego's tendency is also the same thing. It's like, can't just let it go. Yeah. You know, the whole point is like, oh, confrontation, (laughs) like, let's, you know, let's do this. And so I think it's about just being able to kind of wade through the river.
1: It's. Uh, so Ryan Holiday, Ego is the Enemy, for anyone yep. listening that's curious about these books. Okay. Another fantastic, you know, uh, Ryan Holiday was Robert Greene's protege. Okay. He was his assistant during the writing of a lot of his his first, you know, he's he's got a lot to say himself. And uh, Ego is the Enemy, you know, what Joe's talking about right now. Very easy, fun read uh, in the Robert Greene style of outlining these phenomena with historical examples, showing that we as humans always we're great for the same reasons and we fuck up for the same reasons throughout history. You yeah. know, it's, uh, it's fascinating when you get into it, but yeah, that, the, the ego and, and judging things around you, you will not get anything done and you will be perpetually frustrated and unhappy unless you learn to the vast majority of things do not require your judgment. Nope. They, are, they should be viewed as phenomena, uh, for you to, sometimes you have to deal with it. You know, if you have a an unpleasant or egotistical coworker that's, you can't just ignore it, but you don't need to to judge. It's a phenomena that your response is required. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I get that's more interpersonal. Yeah. I should stick with the, uh, well, it's almost like, well, green says, uh, see people as they are, which is
0: social intelligence. Yes. So it's almost like, you know, this person who's being a pain in your ass, mm-hmm. they're doing that, but also be analyzing them, mm-hmm. you know, as this certain personality type, Yes. You know, be like study, you know, kind of like pay attention to the things they're doing. And
1: ego is funny because we. Part of the manifestation of ego is that we think other people's actions have to do with us all the time. Right. And it's if they're if, if you're dealing with an unpleasant person, chances are that unpleasantness has nothing to do with you. Zero. It is everyone is living their own life. We love ourselves more than anything else we are working through our, we, we are seeing our own version of reality and trying to grapple with that the best we can. That sometimes manifests itself in us being pricks to other people or vice mm-hmm. versa. And the other person, because they have an ego as well, think, well, this person must, it must be something I've done. It's yeah. like, no, they don't really care about you. This, you just crossed their path. But I need to respond to it anyway. Yes. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like Because they,
0: they said it, therefore, yeah. you
1: know, that's a lot of what, like, I think with, with beer and with critiques on beer, I began to realize that if you you like this, we're a popular brewery right now. And some people are contrarian. And, you know, th- these types of people I'm talking about, this was a few years ago when I was a lot more sensitive to this type of thing. Yeah. And these are people that would meet me with a smile and a handshake at an event. And then I'd, I'd hear or be shown screenshots of them talking shit. Yeah. Um, and I, that was when I was like, well, I'm, I'm going to confront them. And then I, <laughs> thankfully I was re- doing, I was reading these books and I, be, I realized that, ah, you know, it really has nothing to do with us or me personally or Noah or the brand. This person just needs to not like this. And that's fine because you can't make something that's going to appeal to everyone. You know, there needs to be that tension. Yeah, Any good product of any kind, whether it's, it's it a consumable emotion
0: of some you. Kind. Yeah. yeah.
1: And no one I have talked about that a lot in, in the early days where it's like some people are going to hate us and we need that. If no one hated us, we'd be in not a, a very good position because that would also mean that no one would love us and be like the diehards waiting in line in January right. telling all their friends, you got to check this out. That is great, but that also will come with people that will naturally not like what you're doing at all. And they'll also they'll see
0: those things. Maybe as somebody else who has a brewery even. They see yes. those lines and they're like, you know what? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you gonna, need to be polarizing. So yeah, like you
1: need to be polarizing a little bit. Yeah. I think that, you know,
0: jealousy is certain uh, jealousy is certainly part of human nature. Yeah. It's kind of the sort of ugly side, part of that dark side, which Green refers to, or, or actually Jung refers to as the mm-hmm. shadow. Um, and that's kind of an interesting part of the the human nature.
1: Real quick, I I um with with ego before you move, I I no, just no, no, had another we, we can talk about ego just had another thought. <laughs> I can talk about myself all day. I think once you start looking into it, uh and I'd be curious to hear if if you've had any instances like this, um, as a food writer and a and a professional critic. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it used you know, with an untrained ego or an unsort of controlled ego. You go out to eat, not you. I'm saying this oh, is a I've h- had, very very I've hypothetical
0: had periods of my life with a very uncontrolled. I'll go out ego. to eat
1: and it might not be exactly what I expected. Same with buying a four pack of beer. Uh, and okay, the, stro- the 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 strongest thing that you can exert in that situation is to not vote with your dollars at that establishment again or to buy that beer again. Right. But we aided by social media, which is a tool for good and also for very bad. very bad. We feel the need to okay, I had a bad meal. I'm going to let people know about it. I'm going to I'm everyone's a critic now, right? Yeah. Because of social media. So, I am going to um what's the word? catharsis. I'm going to uh-huh. I'm going to let people know about this that this meal sucked because I'm an important person who whose opinion matters and there's no need. There's no need for any of that. The, the strongest thing that you could do in response to that is just to not eat dinner there again but we that's yeah, not absolutely. enough we need to bring the other people into it and let mm-hmm. other people know and be loud and social media has given us anybody this incredible tool to do that yeah and we see it manifested in great ways and really shitty ways yeah. um and that's one thing that I've found over the years is I I like stuff and dislike stuff I don't I've so I, I I rarely talk about it outwardly unless it's good unless it's positive. Well, you
0: talk about it with people who was relevant with in person or in whatever. Person. If somebody asks yeah. you, hey Pete, what do you think about that? Yes. Um, I used to always joke in my early twenties that I needed a separate cab just for my ego. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was a, I was a piece of work yeah. uh, back then. But it, it is funny talking about what you're saying. So when I'm writing about food professionally, uh, I generally go by the you know if you don't have anything nice to say, I just say nothing. So if I'm at a they're like, what do you say? If you're a restaurant, and you had something you didn't like, I'm like, I just never mentioned that dish. Mm-hmm. You know, and then if the whole experience isn't good, I just never write. I don't I've never written about a restaurant I didn't like. Mm-hmm. There may have been elements I didn't like that I've left out. Right. But if I had a bad experience, like I'm gonna go to the editor and be like, we're not because I don't write for play I'm not I'm not like a food reviewer. Right. You know, I'm writing like overviews and features. Like yeah. I'm not giving stars out. I couldn't do that. It just, and just it's especially when you it starts getting so skewed where who knows who is before you and they gave everybody five stars. So now if they don't get five stars. If they get four, it's like the bad rating. Yeah. You know, which obviously our local paper kind of had that. F- I haven't read it for a while, but uh <laughs> it was going like that for a yeah. long time where they're like, oh, it's a diner. Here's five stars. And it's like, it's OK for a diner not to get five stars. Yeah. You know, like three, three stars for a diner is like five stars at a high end restaurant. Yeah. You know, like yeah. you have to have some kind of consistency mm-hmm. here. But I did learn about no matter how offended I may have been by a meal, it's just not worth it to spread it publicly, especially on social media. Yeah. You know, it's just I'm like, what are you getting from this? Like, what are you going to get? Do you need validation from your followers, and then there's always gonna be one out of five people who's like, you're wrong, and now it's like, Do I respond to them? Mm-hmm. You know, now your ego's being challenged, your opinion's being challenged. I mean, like, I'm not saying I'm afraid of putting my opinion out there, but I'm like, this opinion doesn't need to be out there. Mm-hmm. Like this opinion isn't affecting the world's. Like, if it does, if this opinion is not posted on social media, the world will keep going, yeah. nothing exactly. will change.
1: Yep. You know? And um, like like you said. If I'm around colleagues or peers and they ask me my opinion, I'm proud to have one. Sure. Here it is. Here's what I think. I don't think anybody would the say you're no, not
0: opinionated. The I think, world yeah. at
1: large doesn't need it. It doesn't oh. elevate or take away from my experience either way. I, w- w- with food and drink, I I latch on to things that I like yep. and I tell other people about those things. Uh That, that you know, I, I love getting enthusiastic about online, about things that I love. Why Like the the effort required to do that with negative things. It's if, if you find yourself in that situation, you should examine your motives and step yeah. outside yourself. And like, is this the person that you want to be? I think the motives are, uh, that
0: people for the first time in their life have some kind of captive audience. Yes. It is given ever, everybody a stage. Nobody's ever listened to these people in their entire life. Yeah. They've been overlooked yep. and their opinions have been overlooked. And now because of how forceful they can be, in a, an anonymous setting, mm-hmm. now they've got a presence. Mm-hmm. And now the world needs to hear their opinion. And that's like, I mean, that's pretty much like defines the ego right there. Yes. I mean, that's like, especially the anonymous part of it. Like, you're not even owning up to this. Yeah. And, and
1: anonymous stuff, there's no, like, come on. I feel like there's less of that now. Twitter's a. Toxic place for that. Uh, I've yeah, seen. God, yeah. I
0: ditched Twitter so
1: long. Yeah. I never even. Honestly, I never even figured out how to use it. Mm-hmm. Alex Steed always tried to teach me. Well, I'm 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 actively. I I got a personal account. What is it? June? Probably six months, five months, four months ago. Okay. I'm gonna. I, I'm trying to decipher it. And <laughs> yeah. And, it's okay. And uh it's it is. It's a different animal. I just didn't. I would always think I was doing a good good tweet. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) Not like nobody ever seen The anonymity on Twitter, I mean, the politically fueled stuff, it's a, you know, it's, um, that fuels a lot of that unchained, egotistical anger and because it's anonymous. A lot of it is. And I think a
0: lot of the, and and then there's also the other end that's not anonymous, but the whole, my opinion needs to be heard, especially with the political climate right now. Like, I don't go, I'm pretty sure you and I are probably aligned politically. Um, I don't go on Facebook and post like any i did maybe in like the very beginning mm-hmm. but i don't go and post anti-trump or like oh look what trump did or this and that because all you're doing is preaching to the choir like at yeah. this at this point nothing you say if if, if if there's nothing you can say if somebody still supports donald trump at this point there's nothing you can say to them no to change their mind no and all you're doing is fishing for likes from people who already feel the
1: same way you do just to validate your opinion. Nothing defines it. catharsis to me more than political social media posting. Cause yeah, yeah you're not changing anyone's mind. Nope. You are. And it's, I don't view it as necessarily a bad thing. I don't take part in it at all, but it's, I don't your need time more. could be better. You're not, you're literally only soothing your own ego. Yep. You're changing precisely no one's mind, but you feel a sense of accomplishment. And you know what? It's, I'm, I'm not trying to be something. You're letting but them get to you. Yes. Because that's what they want you to do. Mm. And I realized that. They got I let them get to me in the
0: beginning because I was because like, we'd never seen anything like we'd never seen a president who's baiting individual yeah. people on <laughs> <Yeah>. social media. <laughs> you know, you've yeah. never seen that before. Mm-hmm. So of course you start falling for it. And then you're like, wow, this is just gonna be how it is. Mm-hmm. I don't back off. Like this is you know. when
1: I feel impelled to do anything like that when it comes to social to, to, to all right. Well, here's how it is. I ask myself. And I'm not some like Zen master, you know, this is, I'm a student of all these things I'm talking about. You know, I'm not looking back in my life. You like, oh, I'm a both. master. No, um, yeah, you and I have a but lot master. I of late, I'll be like, well, what could I be doing with this energy that would better my own life? That would improve my family's life on this evening. What? And the answer is almost anything. Yeah. than mindlessly trying to soothe my own ego on social media through these avenues, whether it's political or not, you know, posting an, a strong opinion about X, Y, or Z, um, politics, especially, um, I read this great article by Paul Graham. Um, it's about keeping your identity small, super short, but it's, you know, we, po- uh, politics and religion, especially are two things that we as a species really tend to tie into our identity. Yeah, money too. Isn't yeah.
0: All those things that you aren't supposed to discuss
1: at dinner, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 And, uh, But it's about you. You can think what you want. You do not. It's your choice what you incorporate into your identity. And the answer is most of us incorporate too much of it. You know, think what you want politically. Absolutely. It does not need to be part of your identity because then it becomes harder for you to uh, make different decisions or see things objectively if you go into every situation where, okay, this is who I am. I am right-leaning. I am left-leaning. I am a Catholic. Um, Those things in particular that are, you know, there's no, it's not a math equation. You can't prove someone wrong when talking about religion or politics. Um, But we we tend to view our, our world through these lenses where think what you want in each situation. You know, here's the situation. It's view it objectively. Don't let the, this idea of your own identity cloud what is individual about this uh, situation, right. if that makes sense. Yeah. Even if
0: you have a certain purpose, like Erwin Rommel, for instance, was so successful because he could think like his enemy. Yes,
1: yep. He uh, Green talks about Erwin Rommel or Erwin uh, Rommel <laughs> yeah. uh, a lot in the in the North African uh, fighting that went on, in, yeah. uh, and in nobody World could War II. ever figure
0: him out. He was a mystery. He was, yeah, he, but he was always there. Yeah. He was always like, yep. and even when working with a very depleted force at a, at a certain point. Still, he, yeah. he just like the element of surprise, mm-hmm. like it took them a long time he put himself yeah. in
1: someone else's shoes,
0: and that's what most people what you're saying is like they they can't just they're so blinded and they're so like right here mm-hmm. right up, so close, and they're literally like and as we're talking about the concepts of of feelings and emotions versus rationality, you know these are people that like and I'm not saying that I'm not guilty of this uh. You know, at many times, it's like you, every emotion and feeling that comes along. You're like, I have to act on this. Yes. I have to react. Yep. If I don't react, what will the people think or what will I think if I don't? Mm-hmm. I have to respond like or even it's like an urge, like, mm-hmm. God, I really want to get shit faced right now. I, ha- I have to do it. I, just, I have <laughs> to do it. I just thought of it.
1: I can't just dismiss this as a thought. This yeah. is a thing now. Yeah. This is an obsession, you know, with things like uh, like. I know exactly how you how how that feels a hundred percent, and that when you when your life gets more complicated more involved you know you open another business or x y z it's you can't act on every thought you said seventy thousand you just can't act on all of those no. and what I've learned is that important stuff stays important. I've learned this with email too. I've had a big problem with, I have to react to every email, get a lot of email. A lot of it's junk, but I, it's a lot of, we've got a lot of projects going on yeah. and I've learned that, okay, you know what? Like after the holidays, I just deleted my whole inbox, probably 200, like yeah. important shit's still going to be important. I'm still going to yeah. end up in contact with the people I need to be in contact with to get what's important done.
0: And you got rid of all the unimportant stuff in the process. Yeah.
1: yeah if it's important
0: they're gonna It'll find stay it. important it's almost like you know clothing you haven't worn in three years mm-hmm. you're like you know if i haven't worn this in, in two or three years it's gone i don't mm-hmm. care how <laughs> much like yeah. i'm not gonna wear it again yep like it doesn't matter like that's that's funny
1: to... i've i've um with, with clothing i've been i keep like two pairs of pants 10 shirts yeah. i <laughs> i realize i you probably like you you end up with access to a lot of like free shirts from events and and vendors and yeah. travel and this and that and I looked in the closet and realized I'm I wear on average in a given week the same like four shirts because I, I like how they fit. Uniform. I like how they fit right now. And jeans and t shirts Yeah, yeah. It's like same thing. So I was like, well, I I need to stop thinking so much about what I put on today. Let me just cut this down. I got four sweatshirts, two pairs of pants, uh, a few specialty items for specialty times, and then like <laughs> ten T-shirts. Yeah. And that's in you know, itself. Uh, that's you have a little a tuxedo excessive. And yeah, <laughs> the, you know that's you know that's what I but got. Yeah, I, I have one suit. I, yeah. It's my suit. Uh, when it gets too ratty, I'll I'll buy another one. But yeah. it's my suit. Weddings, corporate events, whatever. Yeah, If it needs a suit, I got a suit. And that's why it's important to buy conservative suits. Because if you
0: buy a flashy suit, yeah. I found out a while ago. I spent like seventeen hundred dollars on a flashy on a pr- custom flashy suit, yep. with like pinstripes. And I was like, it's very noticeable when I wear this. <laughs> <laughs> and, if, and yes, it may be an expensive suit, but if I wear it a lot, it's going to seem like this is all yeah. I could afford. <laughs> like I really pulled my resources. I didn't just max
1: out my Amex. (laughs) card or anything like that (laughs) never yeah uh uh, important shit will stay it it, and it's proven to be true when i've begun thinking about that is yeah important shit stays important it doesn't go away no and if somebody needs to find you yeah they're gonna
0: find you it's not like we're impossible to track down and if you're working on a project somebody will take care of it and if it gives you peace of mind absolutely just get rid of it Uh, And that, you know, just use your resistance practice every day to go against your normal tendencies. And that's a normal tendency is to hoard emails. Mm -hmm. And you're like, you know what, today I'm just going to delete all these fucking things. Yeah. Yeah. And it
1: felt it it was, it was, but it's been great because now anything in my inbox starting off 2020, I know that's an item I'm working on, you know, and it's not 200 messages. It's like 10. But at the time when I did, I was like, man, what am I missing? What am I missing? Oh my God. Well, it'll, it'll work itself out. It's funny. My mantra has become
0: just when i when I'm whether it's that situation or any you know it's just a uh, Indiana let it go yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know um, I just picture him like I can reach it Dad. yeah, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Indiana. Let yeah. it let it go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tells, the book tells me that <laughs> goose-stepping morons like yourself should try reading books <laughs> instead of burning them. Oh, this is how we say goodbye in Germany, Doctor Jones. <laughs> I like the Austrian way better. Showed it on. Yeah. That's... I'll take anal bum cover. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the rapist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, I I think that's the best Indiana Jones film person. That might be sacrilege
1: to some people. No, me too. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I Oscar was scared. Said, yeah. I remember we had the, the VHS set of the three original Star Wars yep. and the three original Indiana Jones and we lost Temple of Doom, That's or my fine, parents though. maybe you don't hit really it. Need it. Yeah, it kind of scary. So that bug scene—it's
0: wicked gross. I yeah, can't deal with it. Yeah,
1: yeah. So my Indiana Jones was Raiders and Temple. Or, those uh, are so a, much more uh, like, Last Crusade. Those are so much more cohesive. Yeah, it's like
0: you can go ahead and put Temple of Doom with Crystal Skull. I never yeah. saw a Crystal Skull, yeah. and I never will. Yeah, but you know, it's like it—it it just was so out of step. Yeah. I mean, I guess it wasn't because it's Indiana. He's like he's an adventurer or whatever, but like. I don't know. I feel like an Indiana Jones movie without Nazis just doesn't really... Yeah.
1: That's the whole point. Right, Like, yeah. the time period. I'm like, glad that you validated me that I... I, I, I will not lose any more sleep over not <laughs> having Temple of Doom be like a core part of my oh, childhood. no, Temple of Doom, I think I watched it probably twice total. Yeah, okay. I'm, I am I feel great. Yeah, it's just like, let it go. It's like, just ma- let it go. There's like
0: magic in it. Yeah. Like, dude's like, I mean, there's magic in the, in yeah. the you just you know, Christianity yeah. fairy tales and <laughs> the other ones, but like, you know, but they aren't necessarily, well, I guess there is because I guess at the end he drinks out of the cup and he gets all desiccated. Oh, yeah. But he's still not ripping <laughs> people's hearts out of their shits. That's right. my old Kali Ma <laughs> whatever he, just, i don't remember, i don't
1: know wasn't into that guy he was kind yeah. of a uh, poor man's montezuma uh not into him but yeah with uh material stuff too i i you you can let a lot go and uh it doesn't mean living a life like an ascetic monk no but you don't need a lot of shit that you have and i don't know i've i have things i have things that are important to me but you i gotta streamline yeah isn't that what that I've never seen Marie? The less Kondo. shit I have,
0: the yeah. better. I've never seen Marie Kondo. I don't really know a yeah. lot of, but that's what it seems. She's like. She's made
1: it very mainstream lately. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's easy to get behind. Her mantra is go she's through all your like, shit. She's become like a like a verb. Yeah, like you Marie Kondo it. Yeah, look at this water bottle. If this water bottle isn't, let me isolate this. Does this bring me joy or does it does it not? If it doesn't, get rid of it. Yeah, and my wife and I just we try to audit ourselves and our belongings a lot like are we are we using this yeah. we're not let's let's get it out of our lives it's so funny i have this very relevant to that so i i had this phase
0: and you're you know you see here i, I where it was into i think it was 2017 or it was maybe end of 16 where i was like all of a sudden i got back into all these things i was into when i was 12 but in a much yeah. more obsessive way mm-hmm. building model airplanes painting them, i'm like yeah i used to do that but i'm like wow as an adult you can get so much more obsessed with it yeah like, take it so much further you know and um Dungeons and Dragons was another thing. So 2017, I was like, I want to get into playing D&D again. I'm a Dungeon Master again. So I went on like Amazon and I spent like $300 on all these like second edition books yep. and all this stuff. And I was going to do this thing. So I was running this campaign with like a few high school friends where we would meet like every other month. And then eventually I, I, I started reading the fifth edition. And I was like, well, this is great. So I had to buy all the books for that mm-hmm. because I just at OCD. I'm like, I have to by at least five of mm-hmm. them. And they're like all pretty much, you know, I know that's another 300 bucks or whatever. And then I just, and I've like read a lot of them. Mm-hmm. They're all game books. They aren't like novel. I mean, I read all the novels when I was a kid, but, uh, but I've just never, ever really played it more than like once. And those books taunt me and torture me mm-hmm. all the time. we to the point where I'm like, I almost need these out of my life because they're just sit there on the one shelf mm-hmm. and they look at me like we're $600 worth of books. Yep. Are you going to, you know, like, what are you going to, and it's like every day I, I look at them at some mm-hmm. point and I'm like, and it's, I get stressed out for like 10 minutes about how I'm not, <laughs> playing fucking Dungeons and Dragons.
1: Yeah. You know? It's real, though, man. I yeah. can totally relate to that. Uh, you know, a uh, couple of my uh, work associates and partners, Baxter and Trevor at High Roller, you know, they're into DJing. I love music. Yep. I bought a rig, you know. I, I I got everything, and I just, with two little kids at home and all these other, it, you know, it just has not manifested itself. Yeah. And I'm probably gonna part way with part ways with that stuff too. You know, I, I you're you're not alone. It's not just alone. like
0: um, bone thugs. You know, it's hard to say goodbye to yeah. yesterday. Yeah. It's so hard <laughs> to say goodbye to. We yesterday. talk about um, going
1: against your natural impulses. Yeah, I'm not no. gonna attempt to harmonize with you right oh, now. Oh, that's fine. I wanted to, and I almost tried, but I think no. that's a
0: perfect. Uh, this is a perfect time to, to uh, get into our sponsors one thing about this show is that I honestly, I only include sponsors, uh, that involve products or services that I enjoy myself. And, uh, Cole's Bayside is absolutely no exception. So this is a new pizza place in Portland. They opened kind of quietly, I think back in June of
1: 2019. Yeah. I, I caught up with the owner on a, on a, just a call there. Cause I had heard that they were interested Was it in Aussie? beer. Aussie. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, I think they, they got rocked by the construction. Oh, you know, right. They just opened up it, yes. this neighborhood just a, was a mess. storm. Yeah. So they're at
0: 118 Preble Street in Portland. You can check them out at uh, Kohl's, It's funny, whenever I talk about how much I love Kohl's, everybody thinks I'm talking about K-O-H-L. <laughs> I'm always like, dude, I love eating. Have you been to Kohl's for yeah. <laughs> their pizza? And everybody's like, it takes some, they're like, uh, no, is it good? And I'm like, oh my god, it's like so. Richo, good. you're buying a microwave slice <laughs> yeah. from like the weird like deli counter that they have, it's like, the, it's have like and- the Kmart grill. Yeah, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that was the shit. So anyway, Kohl's is um their 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 signature thing basically is a, a pizza that is essentially paper thin, wafer they, thin. Yeah, and they finish yeah. it on the grill, so you can literally fold it over like four times. Yeah. Um, my favorite which I think is yours too is called the Be cool it is uh with grana padano with slow pepperoni and hot honey oh god and that, so good. and then there's another one the rustic with uh with like, mushrooms and truffle oil yeah. and herbs um but they have also traditional uh there's flavors cilantro
1: as well. wings I know oh, the focus is pizza but their cilantro yeah. wings I Dave stayed with me for those, those are the such a unique
0: pizza and the cilantro wing sauce that's the way yeah. to go the oh, wings wow. are incredible the wings are fried and then they finish them they hit it on the grill so they get a really nice smoky characteristic, and I remember the first time I ever went, I got the buffalo. And I'm not usually actually a big buffalo fan, because usually kind of just tastes like Frank's Red Hot a yeah. lot of times. Yeah. And I remember being really blown away. I was like, this is actually a really interesting, multi-faceted kind of buffalo sauce. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I tried their maple rosemary wings and their um, the spicy cilantro wings, and now that's like the one... I haven't had their burger yet, I, I, because I can't... I'm enough of a creature of habit. Like, I have to have those things. I love bringing people there for the first time. And I have a routine that has to happen. And I, we have to get the wings. Mm-hmm. We have to get blue cheese and ranch. Uh, I kind of do those on a, both those together on a plate, dip the wings in it, then reserve that plate for the pizza. Yeah. To, to do the blanch. Oh, you've got a the, whole ritual planned out. That's awesome. Oh, i got a full ritual. Yeah. And it's just, and every time, and I have to wear, I've learned I have to wear a black shirt. Because <laughs> uh, I've just, I've never been out of there without spilling them. I just, is always something. But it's because I get so excited. It's like a festival of delicious pizza and wings. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because the wings, I, people who I know are not into chicken wings, I, I order them. And I'm like, I'm going to get some wings. You can have one or two. And both of these, there's been two people. And they're both like, these are
1: friggin' delicious. They're, they're so delicious. Um, yeah, that's that's awesome. I'm glad they're sponsoring it. Uh, yeah. They, I mean, uh, they're they easy I'll, to talk about. Yeah, it's really, really cool. Uh, unique take on pizza. and uh, But yeah, those cilantro wings. It's All worth right. going just for that. Yeah.
0: So if you haven't been to Coles, like I said, 118 Preble Street in Portland, Maine, uh, check them out on the web at Kohl's, C O A L S, Portland.com. Not to be confused with Kohl's, K O H L S. Where you go if you need a new sink. And we are back with Pete Bissell, the co-founder of Bissell Brothers Brewing, uh, located in both Portland, Maine and Milo, Maine. Also the uh, co-owner of the High Roller Lobster Co. in Portland, Maine. And we have been... um, this is kind of turning into a bit of a psychology mm. uh, episode mixed with some Indiana Jones <laughs> and some bone thugs in harmony. Um, however you want to you know, shake it up. But we've been kind of focusing on um, a few authors that Pete had actually turned me on to uh, uh, three or four years ago. Well, one of the prominent ones is Robert green and his sort of the, what the book that put him on the map was the 48 laws of power. And Pete had, commented to me earlier you had said that you know a lot of people and actually and he says this in sort of the forward uh to the book as well a lot of people are sort of intimidated or afraid to sort of get into this book because the idea of power implies almost some kind of dictator or fascist
1: kind of thing you know it's um and, and and he will admit i've seen him uh in numerous interviews admit that the Uh, the title of the book, the Forty Eight Laws of Power. It's just very kind of in your face, and And who decided there are forty eight? Him? I'm I'm assuming. Okay, yeah, Yeah, because I mean, Forty Eight Laws of Power, Thirty Three Strategies of War. I think he's just doing all this. How many
0: laws of seduction?
1: uh, It's just the art of seduction. That's right. There aren't any
0: specific Uh, amount.
1: And then the fiftieth law with fifty cents, which which is so random. So random. And if you ever pull up a podcast sometime or uh, like a YouTube interview about how that came about. Okay. 50 reached out to him. It was, That's it was the only uh, one I haven't read. Is it's really, blog. it's the same, it's the same thing. Yeah. Um, but uh, well, not the same thing that, that book is all about fearlessness and, and developing a uh, fearlessness. Um, but uh, it sounds at face value, like some sort of a, uh, um, a guide to backstabbing or, you know, how to, how to become a dictator or a
0: cult. But, but it's, it's there's a true chapter about starting a cult but.
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> but it's um the books if you if you read them are remarkably objective you know this isn't and he talks about it throughout all of them this yeah. isn't my opinion this right. is how the world operates and he presents so many historical
0: um examples yeah uh, like at least every concept has two historical examples of it in motion and two historical examples of it not you know, it being kind of
1: exactly the reversals of the correct. law. So uh, but he he, he's a. I don't know if you ever watched him in person. And if he's a have, really like chummy guy, mm-hmm. uh, seems seems like a really nice person. And uh, the, the books are an objective. It's about the power dynamic. Mm-hmm. This is how power manifests itself in everyday life regardless of your station in life or what you're dealing with, this is the manifestation of power. And so much of this is subconscious too. But for some reason, we, not all of us, because the book's obviously a super mega bestseller, but there's uh, some of us are turned off by it and, and feel this aversion to it. And that's clearly nothing new, you know, uh, Niccolo Machiavelli is mentioned many times, you know, yeah. he was one of the first people, I believe it was in mid 1400s or early 1500s, the um, uh, Italy. Yeah. He wrote the Prince. And that is, was, was one of the first books of this type where it's like, this is the, this is how the world really operates. Right. Yeah. This is like from my station here. It's like a mid-level kind of nobleman. I don't think he, he was not a king or anything, no. but he he understood how power worked and he documented it. And that's all it is. But what's happened over the, the last few hundred years, Machiavellian is a negative term, yes. you know? I feel like we've done him dirty, you know? Yeah, this yeah, guy was was just, he's like, just like is just telling it like it is. I'm
0: just trying to Just telling attention. it like it is. But Machiavellian
1: now comes to yeah. mean someone who's duplicitous and wears different masks. Right. We all do. That's yeah. the thing. Uh, and it's um, that there is an aversion to this in our society. Talking about these things, which... which This applies to you whether you, you know, it's like uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson with, you know, the best thing about science is that it's true whether you believe in it or not. And this is a social science. That's why it's so, I love reading these books and rereading them because I, it helps me live a better life and it helps me be better to other people in my life. You you really want to
0: make sure you absorb them. They aren't ones you
1: just want to be like, oh my God, I I, I read them constantly like taking a dump audiobooks. i can get through two or three logs uh yeah. two, not logs well that's maybe but i can get through two <laughs> yeah. or three laws yeah taking a dump yeah. i it's just fascinating to me and it uh, i see it manifest what i've learned in my life and it's it's a it's a force for good but it's uh I, I would say, you know, you kind of owe it to yourself to understand this a little bit because you're taking part in it, whether you understand or, or acknowledge it or not. This yeah, is and, and happening and, and to you every yeah, I think day. he's kind of like sort of ignore at your own peril. And I think Yeah. A few examples. Which he's, about- oh, that's a great point. He yeah. says that.
0: Ignore these laws at yeah. your own peril. And I think he kicks off with the first one is, is the, Never outshine, of the right. yeah. Never outshine the master. That's right. Never outshine the master. You know, always say less than necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, infection. Avoid the unhappy and the unlucky. Uh, make your accompli- make your accomplishments seem effortless. Do not build fortresses to protect yourself. Isolation is dangerous. I mean, they no, they the, create the- compelling spectacles, which you do very well.
1: Mm-hmm. I'd be curious to hear your take as someone who I literally like introduced this to. Okay. When I first read these books, you you begin to think about instances in your own life. Never outshine the master. We've all been there. I realize We've that all all I, do,
0: I do have these things already. Yes. I realized. Yes. Just
1: by taking social cues. Yes. And understanding how to
0: make people happy or unhappy. Or That's what's
1: so fascinating yeah. to me about it. Because it, it's like a grimoire of the yeah. human existence. Yeah. it's I've, you, well, all, all the, all the books together. Yeah, you like that? Yeah, I do. I all do. the books together that he's written represent kind of an anthology of this is the human condition yeah. uh again it's it's all objective it's not his opinion this is the human condition you should you you we focus on our jobs and our you know um sort of trades and techniques unique to our industry we're human beings too and i can't think of an instance where learning a little bit about human psychology will not improve your life Yeah.
0: i mean you are a human you should know what's happening you yeah know. and actually it's funny um there's uh, another person. I don't know if you ever heard of Doctor Joe Dispenza.
1: Uh, no, I haven't.
0: Uh, he uh, deals in a lot of quantum uh, brain uh, wow. science, mm-hmm. and you know his whole—I want to say shtick—but it's you know it's it's all scientifically backed up. Is basically just about if you continue to go through that same pattern every day, it's basically like rerunning a program every day, and it's never going to change. And just talking about how literally in the brain you know, if you start doing these things and applying these things, even if they don't feel good at first, you are going to create new channels in your brain. Mm -hmm. And the more you get away from
1: your old habits, they will literally almost fall away. And I think- I I lived it when we were raising money for Bissell Brothers. You know, we opened Bissell Brothers with about $350,000, a combination of a bank loan for $120,000, which was a task into itself because Noah and I didn't own anything. You know, we didn't- and a uh, private investment of $189,000. I That's mean, uh, scary. That's a lot of money. For two kids from Milo, <laughs> That's it was a lot of money for anybody. Insane. I mean, come on. Yeah. If you don't... And we ended up, you know, um I I had some money for my photography business so that went into it. But it I was re, I had read 48 laws of power right around this time and I began applying that along with some other reading to these interviews which w- interviews with me sitting down with people ask them for money. It you was a great incredibly opportunity to use this stressful. Yeah, But when I began, to play, it was like, you feel like you have superpowers because you, you, when you have the guts to, to let some of these play and deliberately enact some of these laws, you see it play out just like how he writes it. And you're like, Oh my God, there is a pattern to human behavior. There is yeah. a, um, we're certainly all different on the surface, but Human beings are predictable. Yeah. Uh, we, we, I get, like I said earlier, I really feel like reading these books, you get the sense that we are great as a species for, for the, we have been great as individuals of yeah. this species throughout history. We've been for the same reasons. We've been developing. We have yeah. failed yeah. as a species throughout history for right. the same reasons. And it's, uh, you can apply and, and that, that, um, yeah, investment round and getting the bank loan through. I, have to say with with a hundred percent conviction, a huge part of that for my part, noah yeah. was was working on this as well, obviously. Mm-hmm. um I the money I raised and the work I did before we had any momentum, any power of any kind was by understanding these dynamics. yeah, and I'm sure I'm, I'm better than I had a confidence builder as you see them, you're almost like, wow, that mm-hmm. actually worked. It's almost yep. like the old sales
0: techniques of like you know the the person who the person who speaks first loses yes you know yeah. and you're like i can't believe that i'm sitting here waiting this out and then all of a sudden <laughs> that works that's crazy yeah and then it's you're insane. like well what else can i do if i you know if that if that works um i think uh oh but another thing about that uh, dr joe dispensa things really interesting we we're talking oh, yeah. earlier uh he talks about how Things develop in your head, and this goes back a little bit further to our ego and emotion, um, where, you know, one bad event can trigger an emotion, essentially. Uh, If you dwell on it, you know, for three days, now it's a mood. If you dwell on it for two months, now it's a
1: temperament. If you dwell on it oh, for three wow. years, yeah. now it's a
0: personality trait. Wow. Like it all can stem from that oh. one
1: event. Wow. Oh, that is, uh that's heavy.
0: Yeah. That, that's. uh And that's the thing. Mm. If you recognize. Yeah. That that's, that's just how your brain works. Mm-hmm. And you can, you know, again, they're just, they're just feelings. You got to let it, you got to let it go. Wow. You know? That is great.
1: Yeah. Huge quotes. Huge quotes from the host right now. That is that is well, uh, well yeah, yeah. The you know, host the, the, the host by way of, by uh, way of Dr. Joe but yeah, boy that is that is powerful. You miss
0: every shot you don't take. <laughs> Wayne Gretzky. Michael, Michael Scott. Scott. <laughs> well, you know what's funny is all these people whether it's it's Robert Greene or or Tony Robbins or Eckhart Tolle or Jonathan Van Ness or Dr. Joe Dispenza, they all kind of speak the exact. They all has this unifying theme of everything you need you already have.
1: Yes, and it's not a tangible thing. Mm-hmm. Like you can't find it anywhere. Ryan Peters, but, we all got lost. We that, got lost, and we might never come back searching for things we already have. I I love that line. That's a perfect suppose, exactly. That, that's yeah.
0: exactly. Or someone, it's like you can't, you can, you can't, you, you want to, your natural tendency is to force it. Like, mm-hmm. Where is it? Yeah. yeah. Where are you? <laughs> where is it? Get over here. <laughs> you know, uh, but it's like, it's it's just like, and
1: it's it's frustrating.
0: One because, of the best know?
1: things Robert Greene in one sentence has ever taught me is that we we do. You are born with everything that you need. And it yeah. can be disconcerting to think like that, but it's in times of crisis, you have to, like, I I have everything I need. Yeah, and if things are going shitty, it doesn't mean that you have to turn
0: around and go back up a mountain. Yes, you could literally, in the blink of an eye, change the way you think and come out the other side. Yes, but you can't force it. Like you, ha- it's just so that's what makes there it, like, are options
1: confusing. almost always. Yeah, in almost any dire circumstance, you have options. Yeah, if you can look past your emotions that you're feeling in that moment, and in that and
0: in that way, it is a practice. It's something that. You know, once you understand it, you can you can know everything in the world to your blue in the face, which almost makes it more frustrating if it's not, you know, whether it comes to acceptance, surrender. Right. You know, becoming actually mindful and not in a, you know, Mm self-care pop culture way, you know, but actually uh, accomplishing a state of mindfulness. Yeah. It's just not something you can be like, it's happened.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Let's oh yeah, do no, it's this. yeah, it's a, uh, it's an ongoing thing. Let's get mindful. Sure. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so that's, I think that's great. That it sounds like the timing for you couldn't have been better with these, with that, with that book.
1: Yeah, it, it, it was what we were trying to do again for our station at the time, coming from Milo, and you know, really seeing this hole in the market where, mm-hmm. oh God, we, this is what we want to do, and there's no one else seems to have noticed that, that the opportunity for this exists. We got to do it, but it was. I knew that I was not equipped and then I, I just started reading. And, uh, um, that's what I try to pass on to other people is that like, I'm not, I'm not special. I, I, I don't consider myself particularly intelligent, but it was recognizing that, okay, let's, there's something to be learned here beyond like how to open a brewery one-on-one. I didn't want that because we wanted to be, we want to make our mark and you can't, read someone else's blueprint to make your mark. No. So I I was like, Oh, okay. I, I, I sense these things and I, I've come from a position of powerlessness. I remember trying to, to break into the photography scene and just, just feeling like, what, what do I do? You know, I felt feeling totally alone and that tremendous frustration, right. Of feeling powerless and feeling voiceless. And, but then I, I, that was where I first wet my, wet my, my feet in business and relying on your like okay well I'm gonna make this work somehow and I I did but it was um uh, what am I looking for a, a freelancer situation it was just me and my output every day that was like the limit of with the brewery even though it was just Noah and I starting off we knew that we weren't going to be doing this alone so it was going to expand right and that was where I I I need to, I need, I need help. I need to, to read. I, I don't need help from a person that I know. Right. I need to read about like how, how we operate and, and these unseen forces that we all have felt at times, you know, we've, you know, the, the first times that any of us probably felt true power. We didn't know what it was and probably an isolated incident from our youth where yeah. you felt some of these things he's talking about. And I felt that
0: even that kind of focus and mastery or the kind of focus you can achieve the flow and your mind yeah, is unfettered yeah. by you.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, my brother's obviously not here, but I, I, in Milo, you know, with, with the, the brewing work and the blending work going on there where oftentimes it's him or w- and one other person or, or him alone. He's, he needs that for the flow. And, uh, you know, it's, um, at times when I've been able to watch, I'm not going to sit and watch him work for hours and hours, but I've caught him and I can tell he's, he's, he's in a zone right now. It's a, it's a cool thing when you see it in others, but that, yeah, that, that effortlessness that he talks about in yeah, mastery.
0: Absolutely. Um, yeah. it's, it,
1: effort, average mindfulness. A, a, anybody can attain that yeah. is the beautiful thing about when, when you, when you read it packaged up like that, you know, this is, it's a state of mind. It's not, Luck that you, right. or unluckiness that you were born into, or luck that you were born into, right. or no. your job Sometimes or industry it takes ten thousand hours, right? Yes, yeah, so that's what they say.
0: Ten thousand. Mm-hmm. And who said that originally? Is it- Malcolm Gladwell. Okay, that yeah. takes ten thousand hours. He
1: posited that yeah. to be in the one percentile requires, on average, about ten thousand hours of practice, yeah. which has been disputed. Um, but yeah, no, it's 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 certainly worth thinking about, and you can't do anything. We don't have that kind of time in our lifespan unless you're dipping into this flow right. state. But
0: you'll waste a lot more time trying to get to the top right away. Yes. Trying to like sit down at a piano and just be the best.
1: Yeah. You'll yeah. waste a
0: lot more time doing those kind of things in your success, life. Success, the time. Yeah. is very
1: unsexy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sustained well, it's, it's, success, happiness. No, it's, another,
0: it's another non-tangible yeah. thing because you're like, oh, well, there's always more. Yeah. But then you're like, well, I could have been happy before, though, too, if I start to be, you know, get the whole gratitude thing, which is, you know, key. Yeah. But it's like, then you're like, well, I, I was happy with what I had. I should have been happy with what I had before. Now I guess I'm successful, but I might as well get more, quote unquote, successful. I don't know. That's it. Success is a funny word. Yes. It's usually a word that, like, your parents used if they approve or disapprove completely, of your lifestyle. Or, completely yeah. intangible. Yeah. yeah. And, and, subject- and also subjective. Yes. Just like beer ratings. hmm You know, that's why, again,
1: when I find myself now having read these books and really absorbed a lot of the ideas and seen them, seeing that they are very real, you know, in all aspects of life. uh, When I meet people now, whether they're entrepreneurs or not, or whatever their station is, I like to, I I find myself asking different questions. I don't care what you make. Um, What are you doing? You know, what what are you into? You know, what? What turns that flow state on for you? Because we all have it, I think. Right, right. Um. You know what? Um. What are you doing? This interesting. What, what kind of lifestyle are you living? I want the. I. I don't care what your title is at work or, or um. You know. Uh. Or or, you know, if you start. You know, I want to know. You know what really makes your face light up? I yeah. feel that. You know, sometimes people ask me questions about Bissell Brothers, a high roller, and it's kind of going through the motions that but then they'll, they'll hit the, same question they'll hit on one and yeah. it'll then I'll come alive and yeah. I I recognize that in others too you can what buttons to push to really hit that sweet spot of like okay this is what I will not stop talking about you know it's fun to explore that with other people cuz yeah. like you said generationally especially our parents generation you know mm-hmm. it was success American you know, dream, <laughs> yeah. When he, yeah, um, get you know, a job, he, get a wife, wife, a family, house, kids, house, car. These yeah. very tangible things from their generation, corporate that ladder, was the only <laughs> measure of success that mattered.
0: Yeah, you work a job for forty years, you work yourself slave, to the, save, yeah. retire. I'm baby, like I have never had <laughs> actually. Yeah, I'm, these times I generally go three years, but that was a long time. But, like, I don't have a job <laughs> for like more than a. a I'd have three jobs at once and I'd keep them all for nine months. And Yeah, my, yeah, my but you have a you have a for force, 40, you know, like right. you you couldn't have one job. No, I'm I'm not trying. I couldn't to, be at a job for like my dad worked at a power plant for forty years. And it's yeah, like forty. That's my whole life. Yeah, that's your going adult to work. Yeah, going to the same workplace <laughs> my for my whole like life since I was a baby, like when I was born. I'm yeah. forty. Like that's it's how an, long he worked at a, at, at a job. Yeah. And I'm like, that is so mind-blowing to me. I can't even wrap. That's intangible to me. I can't even wrap my head yeah. around it. Yeah. It's just <laughs> like, you went to the same
1: workplace for 40 years? The and- adult human, you know, you figure for most of us, like, serious work starts at 20. That's your that's your adult life. And you know yeah. what? Like, I, I... People are so... Focused on fucking retirement. And it's like, why are you like waiting to have your dead. best like, years when
0: you're old? Oh, yeah. like Why are you doing like, well, we have to make sure that when I retire, I can be happy.
1: Yeah. And it's like, but well, you're miserable Being in, a in fucking your 40s old Person, like, now. Are you kidding like, what? me? You yeah. got to create that in the here and now and figure that out later. Yeah. I mean, you have to do it now. I'm not saying
0: like, I mean, obviously I
1: am a f- fiscal disaster. <laughs> uh,
0: I am terrible with money, but... You know, at the same time, at the, you know, the other would you really spectrum. trade? Would you, you've lived exactly? I wouldn't trade. I mean, there were certain, you know, there's certain, we'll there's cer- in there's years certain and- money I'd like to have back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, there's also certain, you know, it's, uh, yeah, but you can't trade it. Yeah. Um, getting also into the uh, Robert Greene's other book, The The Laws of Human Nature. Um, I think oh, one man. of the things we're talking about. I'm so here sad is- it's
1: over. I'm just going to start it, start it again. It was, oh, I've, you get the, the audio book. Yeah. If you read the book,
0: just do the audio book and it feels like a new book. Um, I think uh, another underlying theme of everything here is the importance of balance. And one of the most fascinating chapters in that book is where he he really lays out <clears throat> all your personality traits, you know, whether or not you lean more feminine or masculine. Yeah. And everything. And I think it's important to have amazing. balance. Yeah. It's important to kind of be in the middle. And it's basically like if you're overly masculine, you do this, so you should do this. And if you're overly feminine, it's like maybe, you know, there's just all these different things. Like, you know, be
1: more. Should you be more aggressive, or you need to kind
0: of back it off? Yes,
1: you know, and recognize where you fall naturally. Yeah. and work to achieve that balance. It's yeah. again, it's it's the practicality Whether you are of it. A male all is, or
0: female, obviously. Yeah.
1: yeah, and and well, and the gender stuff was very interesting uh, because you know he talked about as a rule, as proven numerous times in various scientific studies, if someone is overly one way, they are they are concealing. Something, you know, if 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 we, we, yeah. we uh if like the alpha male the who's alpha so male, insecure, yeah. The alpha male hypermasculine is very likely to be massively insecure in certain areas. Yeah. Um, and it's we've all we, we all know people like that too, where they they're uh skewed sort of, you know, they their personality skews in one way or the other, and it's to compensate. You yep. know, we we should all compensate for for pain or insecurity or, you know, an aspect of their, you know, uh, of their being that they've never shared with anyone. The idea is to move towards balance. Right. Yep. Um, because uh, that that isn't sustainable. Yeah. You know, there's you're headed if you're concealing part of who you are, that's going to end with a breakdown of some sorts. Yep. You know, uh, you, you want to bring it into balance.
0: Anytime you live a whole life. And you, and again, I'm not saying I'm never guilty, guilty whenever, but if you can't just be yourself, you're going to fall out of balance. Mm-hmm. And I think that another concept he explores in the book in that regard is the shadow, which is Carl Jung, I believe yes. is the one who sort of came yep. up with that. And the shadow is like, when he starts it off in the example he uses, like, you ever heard somebody say like, oh, I don't know what... I don't know what came over me last night. Like, I just did something, you know, mm-hmm. like because they did something embarrassing or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it's, and it's that's somebody trying to conceal and hide away the fact that their real self might have, you know, you have to explore and kind of be open. Everybody has dark impulses. Everybody has yep. a, a bad, quote unquote, bad side. That we you, don't acknowledge it because right. it scares the shit out of us. Yeah, because, you know, it's a shit, but it's there. Yeah. You know, and he talks about how kind of accepting and integrating it uh, yes. into your personality. You need to find yeah.
1: a, an outlet for that part of you that is non-destructive or what if you try to repress it it will come out yeah destructive as it will, fuck <laughs> exactly
0: if it's anything it's the it's, it's, it's pressure is building yes and if yep. you that's and that's why you see these people who are like he killed 30 people he was the nicest guy i don't know what mm-hmm. it was yeah. like because he was just you know he couldn't mm-hmm. let it out he could have just killed a couple people and you know um and also he talks about uh acknowledging the shadow in others as yes. well and yep. just and watching for people's personality Mm -hmm. changes and you know if you just kind of it's really all about and i think that 48 laws of power and mastery is all about the same thing it's all about observation it's all about like what you're saying like being able to take a step back and look at things rationally Mm -hmm. uh, objectively um with an open mind yeah and you'll see so much more than when you're up close and
1: reacting to everything Mm -hmm. um with that stuff too with um you know that the the you know if you're you know, the balance of masculine and feminine qualities that we we shouldn't, you know, traditional society has shown us in in decades past. It's actually kind of interesting with uh, sort of the social climate of our times now for a long time. You know, all right, you're a man. All right. Being gay is weird. And, uh, you know, your men are manly and they don't cry and they chop wood and X, Y, Z. Like, yeah, like chopping wood sometimes is is necessary and being strong. And, you know, being a strong rock for someone who's going through an emotional crisis is also oftentimes necessary, but you need to balance that with the opposite traits. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Most commonly, you know, masculine and feminine traits, um, balanced people, whether they're male or female, exhibit both. And yeah. I, like with so much of his writing, when you read something like that, you're like, oh yes, you know, are, are we not all attracted to people who are totally themselves and aren't putting up a front, you know, just, just, I don't mean romantic, just in life, you know, we, we tend to go towards people that are clearly very comfortable being themselves. And uh, it's, it's so interesting. I think with um, with uh, sort of the, the social climate of, of today, a lot of people that have been afraid to be themselves are now maybe not totally you know i'm a heterosexual white man so i i I really don't want to speak on behalf of other people but you can observe but we're getting there which i think is really exciting more people than ever before feel empowered enough to just be themselves which i think is a really important thing and uh um you know that writing didn't tie in directly to that but it it well a lot of people could but the things that people were hiding yes they
0: consider their that would be their Their shadow shadow. yeah Yeah. like people who are ashamed of what they actually right right
1: so it's um um reading that chapter i couldn't help but think about the, the times that we're living in now and how thankfully so many more people were obviously not where we need to be yet but a lot better than it was 20, 30 years ago, for oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, uh, you right. know, We're more 50, people are 50, 60 years free to be themselves. Yeah. And uh, I think that's going to be a, a huge benefit to society in general. Is, All I
0: ever picture is uh, American Beauty. Uh, yeah. Colonel Frank Fitz, U.S. Yeah. Marine Corps. Yeah, yep, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. like ju- that's that a guy.
1: Yeah, and how many people are, are replicas of that guy yeah. out there? You know, who knows? You know, someone that has repressed a key part of themselves down so deep, he thinks he's, you know, like he's gone, but he's almost that, convinced himself that side of you is going to come out and better to find a correct outlet for that than to let it build up and explode.
0: Yeah. As we
1: see in that movie, you know, as obviously a fictional movie, but uh, but this is pretty, pretty fucking pretty realistic. Vivid, yeah. Pretty goddamn vivid. <laughs> yeah. You know,
0: next thing you know, you're picking up the emperor and you're tossing him down some yeah. shoot, <laughs> you know, in a, in a fit of, fit of conscience. Yeah. You know? That's the opposite of it, I guess. Like. Darth Vader's shadow was his good sign. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. didn't want to see that. And also the book addresses a lot of the things that, I think the biggest problem, you know that I've experienced is anybody who has sort of like a, a past with any kind of addiction or drinking and drugs or whatever is these sort of a uh, internal saboteur. Yes. Uh, and this oh, is a person yeah. uh, also in, in Buddhism referred to as Mara. And Mara is defined as the aspect of the heart and mind that creates roadblocks, gives excuses, procrastinates, etc. The internal saboteur, uh, as Green puts it, uh, it actually dampens mental powers. Uh, it's it limits us. Um, it, it's almost in trying to appear unambitious is just as self-absorbed as anything else. You know, yes. Being so hum- humble and saintly, you know, is your ambition and you want to make a display of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's.
1: I I found, I remember reading that again. I think we both read the book very recently, so it's still fresh in our minds. Uh, That is also a sign of our times now. Uh, There's a, you know, the lol meme culture i love memes you know i'm not but but it's a sign of our times to like why try trying's not cool being serious isn't cool yeah i've I've discovered i'm i'm as i get older for
0: failure you can't fail if you don't try
1: exactly and i've it's so it was so interesting to see it played out or or written out like that because i've i'm in that age you you can probably attest too where we we were once that guy a little bit but we're getting older it's like i'm i'm i taking my whole life pretty fucking seriously i yeah. I love comedy i love laughing and joking but like i as a business owner it's like i'm uh, i'm playing for keeps like there's a yeah. lot on the and line i family. got i got a lot family of, now i got a yeah. family i yeah. got i got people who depend on me at these workplaces it's i love to laugh and joke around with it but i not i i'm taking it pretty fucking seriously yeah. it doesn't mean that i'm like a right. a stern dickhead well yeah. I, I hope it doesn't come no, off that way, but, but if it's you have like, to uh, be, you
0: will, I mean, if that's,
1: you know. yeah, the, then that's a sign of our time The you, right. and m- maybe as he writes, it has probably been, you know, a sign of every age to well, some extent, but yeah. we see it more now with social media and yeah. just the, the law, like, uh, you know, I'm not trying. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool to not try. Well, it's and the cool internal to-
0: saboteur to, and in, 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 as he defines it, not define it like that, that internal Prosecutor, internal judge. Yeah, that's always like you're not good enough. Don't bother trying. Yeah, why
1: even try? Like, you're, you're gonna look like an shit. idiot.
0: Like, yeah, you're a fucking idiot. Like, yeah. what are you doing? And so that, and you, you, you just start believing that voice. Yeah. You know, that voice gets so loud mm-hmm. that it drowns out who you used to be. And then you just next thing you know, you're in this routine, and whether it's you know drinking yourself into a stupor or just doing absolutely nothing because you're just sitting, you can't even figure out what to do. Cause everything you go to do, the voice kicks in. It's like, you can't do that. Yeah. You're gonna fail. You're gonna fuck it up. It's best yep. not to do it. That way nobody sees you
1: fail. Yeah. It's safe. It's safe here. You know And you stay there. on everybody else's level. You know, you, you, it's safer. It's a safe harbor. There's you know a um, there's a subconscious feeling, not a feeling, it there's a drive within us to keep everyone on the same level. Don't let anyone reach too high. You know, let's keep you right down here with everybody else, yeah. you know, because if you reach too high and that's another thing that I've recognized in myself, that's like, okay, don't, don't do that. You know, other people are just as ambitious as you. There's other people that are as talented or more talented than you. Um, don't, don't do that. Cause it's a thing that you, that manifests itself if you're looking for it, little snippets here in conversation, you know, no, like uh, not everyone's going to succeed on the same level, but, Yes, we as a species do subconsciously try to keep others down. Yeah, or it's, or it's, it's like, it's what if a, I
0: stand up, but nobody else does? Yeah, and everybody's looking yeah. at me.
1: And with this business stuff, what you know, I I remember with trying to break into photography. You know, even my parents were like, "You, you, you should get a real job." They weren't trying to keep that, me down. Yeah, they only loved me. Say things like "real
0: job." Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's another parental term. But um, uh, as that's come full full circle, it's like they. Love me and they wanted to protect me. That's what, and so with these, if, if uh, changing gears a little bit here, but if you have aspirations for a business or to attempt to do something or be great in some field, oftentimes, at least for part of it, of course, they've been behind Bissell Brothers from day one, you know, but this was years and years ago when I was calling them frustrated, like, oh my God, I'm, well, maybe you need to, you know, be more realistic. And uh, they were just looking out for me. But Point being, if you have aspirations of any kind, you need to be prepared for the fact that part of the road you're going to walk is going to be completely alone. because And not,
0: and, and it's going to be unpaved.
1: Yeah. And, uh, again, you're going to be dealing with inner monologues in your own head. Decide that you're good enough. Silence that other voice that's, that's saying, no, 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 just... Yeah. Just um, it's another weekend. Don't spend time building this business plan. I'll just go out it. with I'll your friends. Just one more night. I'm just gonna do one more night,
0: then I'll quit tomorrow. Yeah. I think, um and yeah. Yeah, Of course. I'll kick tomorrow. I think this is all,
1: of course, easier said than done. Yeah. Oh, of course. But it's really it's brutal. But it's, it's also it's, very simple. Yeah. Exactly. You don't need. You have the, uh, yeah. you, you have, don't have all the to tools. You have to wait until need.
0: you've been sober for a year to yes. do this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the
1: conditions don't have to be perfect
0: for you. No. You know, yeah. you just got to fucking do it. Yeah. And I like, again, I'm, I am um, guilty of all sides of these things. You know, it's like I've, oh, done, the, I've done the right thing. I've
1: done the wrong, you know, plenty eternally of Eternally a student. Yeah. You know, I know a little bit more than I did like five, six years ago. Yeah. You know, and, Five, six years from now, I'll know a little bit more. Hopefully. Probably because the consequences hurt
0: more. The older you, every year you get older, the consequences of not doing it right yeah. hurt a <laughs> yes. little bit more. Uh, yeah. I'm, and that's I'm backtracking stuff with,
1: with the companies. You know, so like, why didn't I set this in motion like three years ago? You know, I'm playing backtracking with different uh, processes and whatnot. And it's like, you're still learning every yeah. day, you know?
0: Now, somebody else you told me that you really, and I, I actually did not end up reading, but it's Seth Godin. Oh yeah. Yeah. that's somebody else who's been he's great. very influential. And is he more of about, about like business and sales? Or is he more about the human
1: condition? Seth well? has owned uh he's got a really unique writing voice. I highly recommend him. And his books are bite-sized compared to Robert Greene. You know, his books are small. Yep. You can read them in two to yeah, three Robert nights. Robert Greene's
0: books are are heavy.
1: Yeah. Um, but Seth Godin is he writes a lot about motivation, marketing. Uh the book that kind of put him on the map was it's old now but it's funny you it's 2002. So that's what I mean when I say old. It's called Purple Cow and it's yeah. about differentiation within the marketplace, but it's his books are thought-based. So a chapter might be like two pages. Okay. It's a it's a thought with a header at the top and I really it's they're very easy to consume and they're I was reading, you know, him, Ryan Holiday, Robert Greene, um, or Clough really, uh, wrote a book on how, specifically, it's called pitch anything. It's about yeah. the psychology of raising money. Yeah. Uh, huge with, uh, negotiations and, and fundraising that I was talking about. But Seth Green, uh, is our, I'm sorry. Did I say Seth Green? Seth Godin. <laughs> you didn't. I didn't even. You know, I was like, yeah, Seth Green. Sorry, I mean, can't hardly wait. Was just on my mind for some reason. Yeah, because uh, uh, Seth got, Godin. Godin's, they're just scratching. It out so she gets to knock the boots. Seth Godin's <laughs> another. <laughs> Seth well, Godin's another uh, why really. Tell, why don't you tell Special yeah.
0: K what yeah. Yeah. she? <laughs> um,
1: yeah, really great thinker and uh business mind as well. And the the books are specific enough to make sense. You know, it's. I would say geared towards entrepreneurs mm-hmm. or um, people looking to make changes in their life, but they're bite-sized. They're um, it's um, really powerful messages, like in a page or two. Yeah, uh, his metaphors are really great, uh, and he's got a. I would say at least the Icarus Deception is a great one. Uh, mm-hmm. It's about uh, you Lynch, know. Our, our Lynchpin,
0: was that another? Linchpins. Uh, yeah. Linchpins
1: about how to. Linchpins really for employees. I would say okay. linchpins about how to make yourself indispensable in a job setting. Yeah. The Icarus Deception, if you want to start, I would start there. Uh, It's really about our society. Again, what I was just talking about, there's a subconscious force in our society about keeping others down um, manifested in the myth of Icarus. You know, don't don't go too high, you know, stay down here with us. We punish those who dare to dream big. And he posits that, no, you really need to be dreaming big because that's what the world needs now because everybody tries to stay where it's comfortable with the pack, you know, honestly, if you break out of that, this, and you, like you said earlier, it's easier said than done, but there's nothing specifically barring you anymore. There's a lot no, of the old no barriers have been broken down. And uh, nope. for those, I, I think about it with Bissell brothers, again, like we are not special. We're two kids from a very small town and uh, nor, but like we, it was there for us. It yep. was there for us to do. And you also, and, and you had, and we did and it. You
0: had excellent timing.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh. Yeah. Oh. So yeah. I'm not claiming and, that we and, changed the world, but uh, um, you know, for our little you goal, impacted
0: the business, and then you pretty much defined a style of beer. So, uh, <laughs> oh, I mean, you, you kind of did. I'm, I'd never heard of that style before you were doing it. Yeah. Well, we uh, didn't
1: have a name for it. Yeah. Uh, and again, there were other thing, there were yeah. other producers in New England making these same discoveries concurrently, uh, yeah. but. It's funny now that some years have passed. Look back and be like, "Oh wow, we were like one of the guys." I'd never
0: heard of a New this. England style IPA yeah. until it, well, you it was
1: given a title after right. this small cadre of probably no more than ten producers in the in the Northeast were kind of doing this. So. Yeah.
0: Well, I love that you that your first Seth Green vehicle you went for is Can't Hardly Wait.
1: Yeah, <laughs> now Can't Hardly Wait. It's amazing how people were in Can't Hardly Wait who ended up being
0: in Six Feet Under. Oh, a lot of if you've watched I've never again, seen the show oh it's great I mean I guess it, I, don't, I think it's it's held up I think it'll it'll hold up even that's it's, HBO right yeah that they was,
1: they do such a great that job that was
0: the lineup back of the day was Sopranos Sex and City 6 Feet 100. that was Sunday night yeah. for a long time on HBO but anyway can't hardly wait <laughs> everybody's in that movie yeah, yeah. i always always get breck and Meyer confused with seth green they were sort of like the same to me they're
1: definitely cut from the same cloth in <laughs> yeah. the same moment in our collective sort of media history absolutely they both in clueless just you know what it. i i knew i'm i'm glad that you said that because i forgot his name but i know it when i hear it breck, breck and Meyer. yeah yep. yeah yep and you know what? yeah it's cr-
0: <laughs> jennifer love hewitt yeah jennifer love hewitt you got peter
1: falcinelli you got jason siegel yeah uh, as a you know, as a ethan oh, yeah yeah he's ethan like the Embr- i love ethan Embry. he's still what happened to him uh i i feel like i saw him in something not too long ago he was really plugging kurt vonnegut in that movie he was yeah. all about it <laughs> now i was you know
0: you know on every episode of this podcast i bring up mcdonald's and i was like how am oh. i gonna bring up mcdonald's given the subject matter and so I decided I found a great quote from Ray Kroc, uh,
1: which oh. is actually from the movie The, F- the Founder. If yeah. you love Ray Keaton. Kroc's story. Again, it's was he the nicest guy? I don't know, but he 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 donated a shit ton to charity. Yeah. It's a good business metaphor either way. Like he took what was these guys very legally. Yeah. It's a it's a cautionary tale. It is. It's just like this business. And if you listen to this, this
0: is like kind of ties into a lot of things we've been talking about. Uh persistence. Uh, nothing in the world can take the place of persistence. Yes. Talent won't. Nothing is more common than unsuccessful men with talent. Genius won't. Unrewarded genius is practically a cliche. Education won't. The world is full of educated fools. Persistence and determination alone are all powerful. Uh, Show that you don't have to be defeated by anything. Is this from
1: Grinding It Out by Ray Kroc?
0: Uh, This is from just uh, the founder. Okay, yeah. So I'm assuming it's it's in this book as well. That you can have peace of mind, improved health, and a never-ceasing flow of energy. If you attempt each and every day to achieve these things, the results will make themselves obvious to you. While it may sound like a magical notion... It is in you to create your own future. The greatest discovery of my generation is that human beings can alter their lives by altering their attitudes of mind. Or as Ralph Waldo Emerson declared, a man is what he thinks about all day long. And that oh is kind of God. exactly yeah. what we've been talking about today. Mm-hmm. And who knew that McDonald's,
1: once again, it always works itself The McDonald's up. story is fascinating. And really, it's, that's a great
0: movie, I think, if you, yeah, if you haven't seen it. Um, yeah. I love the, the thing about the milkshakes.
1: Yeah. That yep. like, oh, we found the thing is you don't eat it just in water, you got yep. this, you know, because Mark Knopfler, this- Dire Straits, yeah, has a song about Ray Kroc. Really? Uh called um Boom Like That. Please, by all means, after I leave tonight, cue it up. Uh, yeah. um Milkshake mixes, that's <laughs> my thing now. Uh, wow, that's a nice style. style It's Boom a song like about that. McDonald's
0: that I have to it should be the theme for our uh the show i think personally yeah
1: it's um it's a really cool listen um Um. but uh but yeah persistence uh green talked about it in the laws of human nature i believe he wrote um we drastically undermine or not undermine um we um understate the power of persistence yeah and uh like like that kind of summed up sort of a noah and i's story you know what what he just wrote uh, Baxter and Andy too, you know, uh, they founded High Roller. And then I, I always, um, with, with tales of, of founding, mm-hmm. you know, I, Andy and Baxter founded High Roller. I, you know, the restaurant we founded together, but, but they um, started the
0: cart. They had the, con- yeah. So I, I tend to keep
1: it towards No and I, but like, yeah, we, it was persistence and it was like, we, it was waking up and okay, I could either make plans with my friends for the weekend or I could work on this damn business plan and make a few uncomfortable calls asking people for money or to meet so I could talk to them about potentially investing. Um, there was always stuff to do, and it was a choice. It was, do I just go with the flow or do I, do I keep persisting at this right. thing? It was uncomfortable. It was I, – I felt like I was watching – like I was bartending at the pig during a lot of it. Yeah. And that was my social time because my friends would come in and I would just see them like – you know, they were, unca- and all I could think about was all this shit that we had to figure out to get this company started. A man is what he thinks about constantly. Yeah. And I, I enjoy the social time, but I was jealous and envious of my friends, like, like living their lives uncaring and like unstressed out like I was. And, um, yeah, yes. it's, uh, but it was, it was that's the those easy, little choices right? that you make. I was like, no, I'm going to, we've got, we've, I really tried. I think Kanye West taught me this, like. Get yourself to the point of no return. Like sign that lease. Do the shit where you yeah. can't go back. Yeah, you can't go back without a lot of pain. Yeah, uh, no, no,
0: ab, ab, absolutely and that's it. what I tried to do. And sometimes we were, you will go back and yeah. deal with the pain. Yeah. still.
1: Yeah, but
0: <laughs> you're gonna have to deal with it. You're gonna remember how it felt. Yeah, you want to get out again. Yeah, I think and, that's um, um, we had.
1: I, I it was. I remember my brother was bartending at at the Thirsty Pig and. I had, we had just signed our lease, which it's so funny what Perspective does. A few years, this is a rinky-dink little like three-year, it was so, it was such a junior league commercial lease. Oh, yeah. At the time, I was like, I'm, if this doesn't work, I'm going to ruin my fucking life and and my brother's life. And we're... Oh my God, it felt so high stakes. So I went down to the pig and I, I was like kind of crying. I was like kind of having like a panic attack. Yeah. It was the heaviest thing I had ever done. And now it's so funny looking back on it, you know, well, of course. I mean, uh, I but I, I, like I worked together. I was like, no, we got to sign this. Cause then boy, we got to be doing it's this. Like now. there's no yeah. way there's a, eh, it just fizzled out. You know, it's so easy to set up the shell of a business with social media. Here's a logo Hey, we're doing this. It's like, that doesn't mean shit. People like I'm starting a restaurant. Here's my sample menu. That doesn't mean (laughs) shit. Put your, put your name on, on commercial leases and, and take money from investors and uh, (laughs) present a business plan to the bank. Get yourself to the point where like, get money when you get when you take money from a bank you better execute because well, they're going to collect a always b b c closing always yeah. be closing <laughs> but um yeah persistence uh that's a, a unbelievable quote you've you've really dropped some uh some humdingers in well i you know uh, i kind of uh i had an idea what we want to talk about and you've just kind of you've randomly navigated
0: to every single point and i think that's actually a great place to wrap up at persistence and i think that i can kind of i think that maybe the underlying theme of this whole thing is is just be yourself. Be uh, yourself. Be persistent, and don't be afraid of. I,
1: I would end with: um, uh, There's forces happening interpersonally all around you all the time. It is both enjoyable and also fairly imperative that you take some time to learn a little bit about it. I've found, and I can't imagine this being different for most other people, Joe can attest to it too. It will improve your life. It will make you better at what you do. It will make you better to the people that matter to you. You'll be a better person, both for yourself and your own goals, as well as for the the people around you. Um, And it's, as you can see, it um, spurs lots of conversations that could just go on and on and on. And it has throughout history. Be yourself, (laughs) learn about what it means to be human. Um, There are aspects to being human that are very predictable and very quantifiable. And it's a a real joy to to read about. But yeah, be yourself, uh, always
0: be open to learning
1: and be be (laughs) open. View life as a a series of learning and view people as phenomena to be explored and understood. I feel like people are going to step away from this more enriched than any other episode. (laughs)
0: Uh, I want to thank my guest uh, Pete Bissell again for uh, making the trek to Yarmouth. I'm sure if you live anywhere near the Portland main area, you have access uh, to their beer. Uh, if you're up north uh, in Milo, again, it's you know, people know who you are. We're around. Uh, we're yeah, around. around. Um, uh, I also want to thank uh, Cole's Bayside, Cole's Pizza, uh, for sponsoring the show. Um, you got me there. thinking
1: about those wings now. Get I the, can't lie that I'm not headed right there from here on my way Get the wings, home. get, and get a be cool. I'm that's literally going to do that. I, yeah. I think that's a great idea. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and... It, and it's funny you can go. With, actually, I, I even have fun just going to the barber myself there. Um, and you can find them at One Eighteen Preble Street in Portland, or check them out at CoalsPortland. Uh, CoALS Portland, uh, Dot com. Uh, this has been the Food Coma Podcast.